0: You're listening to the BCHL podcast, the official podcast of the BCHL.
1: Into the
2: goal! He scores! Oh. He scores! And he's just 5-4, driving to the net. He scores! From his backhand to his forehand, a short-handed breakaway. right in! Scores! Oh. He shoots from 13, yeah. scores!
1: Good morning, good afternoon, good night. Scores! Ozar wins it!
0: Overtime winner! Now, here's your host, Jesse Adamson.
1: Hey there, welcome to the BCHL Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Adamson. We are back again with another brand new episode for you, this time with three interviews. Today, we speak with Alberni Valley Bulldogs forward and reigning BCHL Player of the Week. Stephen Castagna. We also talked to Coquitlam Express forward Ryan Tattle and UMass freshman and Bulldogs alum Aaron Bollinger. Before we get into the interviews, I just want to say another thank you to Fortis BC for being the presenting sponsor of the BCHL podcast. We're happy to have you on board. All right, let's kick things off with our first interview. Like I mentioned, we spoke with Alberni Valley forward Stephen Castagna who had nine points in three games last week and was named BCHL Player of the Week. The highlight of his week came last Sunday when he had four goals and one assist in one game against the Victoria Grizzlies. We talked to him about his hot start, his time in his three years at Alberni Valley, and his hopes to secure his NCAA future with a scholarship. All right, Stevie. So, uh, the big news is you on Sunday, you had four goals, one assist, um, a five point game. What was that like for you? Uh, w- with everything kind of going in the net for you that afternoon?
2: Um, I mean, I, it was obviously, I guess surreal is, is the best word I'd use to describe it. Um, I mean, my, it felt like the puck was following me everywhere. Um, my line mates just, kept finding me and, and I mean, they made some great plays. Um, and, and it was just, yeah, just piggybacking off that and felt like the puck was following me.
1: So obviously that was a huge, uh, like a career day for you, but this season it hasn't been an entirely an isolated situation. You have multiple points in every game so far. Uh, you're tied for the league lead in points You're the, the BCHL player of the week. What's been working well so, uh, so far for you this year?
2: That's a good question. I mean, I think just honestly, not not really worrying about, um, I guess the the points. I guess I'm just kind of playing playing hard and and playing my game and um, not worrying about, I guess the the outcome and just worrying about the details and the things I can control and, and I think just had about six months it felt like to prepare for this these twenty games and. And, uh, I think that definitely helped me and, um, yeah, just being prepared.
1: Earlier, you mentioned your line mates who were setting you up for those, those four goals the other day, who for those that don't know, who are you playing with mostly this year?
2: I'm playing with uh, Josh Van Unen and Brandon Beer.
1: So those are a couple of guys who are also off to good starts, which is not surprising. You guys are kind of racking up the points. Uh, what is it about those two guys and, and yourself that that have such good chemistry? Like why why do things seem, seem to be clicking so well for you guys?
2: For sure, yeah. I mean, I think I I guess it all stems from from off the ice. I mean, the, the three of us are really good buddies. Um, I actually live with Josh at my billet house. Um, and and we all get along really well. Um, and then on the ice I mean I mean they're both terrific players. Um Brennan just has a nose for the net and knows how to put the puck in and, and Josh just works works as hard as he can in every single zone and and he's a really good puck distributor. So I think we work well together and as I said, it just stems from from off the ice. We all we get along really well.
1: So this is your third full season with the Bulldogs. Um, You had a good year last year as well, but but I've kind of taken things to another level during the pod season. Um, How do you think you've been able to elevate your game like that? Is it a situation where it's opportunity being a year older? What can you attribute to that?
2: Um, I think it's just uh, my mentality. Um, I, I think I knew I had all the tools and I just didn't know how to put them all together. Um, and now this year, just as you said, being a year older and, and we lost a lot of guys, um, since I guess the start of the season and last year. So I've, I've had a bit more of an opportunity and ice time and, and stuff like that. And I have a really good relationship with, with the coaching staff. So, um, I've just been able to, to build off, um, the, the foundation of my game and, and kind of take it to the next level. And, and I feel just playing with confidence and and having that mentality has really helped me
1: yeah you you also mentioned players uh some turnover from last year and maybe the start of this year as well so a player like yourself who has been there for a while um you you naturally just just start to get leaned on a little bit more in the team uh, on and off the ice i imagine you've taken on a bit more of a leadership role a more prominent role on the ice what's that been like for you to transition um to to someone who's leaned on um especially offensively for the bulldogs
2: for sure i mean i remember when i when i was a rookie in the league hearing the hearing our captain and our older guys saying uh it goes by in the blink of an eye and i mean now i'm really seeing that um I feel like i've lost lost majority of my my teammates from when i when i first started and and even last year so just kind of it's it's uh, a weird feeling having i guess the the younger guys kind of look up to you and and lean on you for advice but just staying calm and hopefully saying the right things in the dressing room and, and leaving by example, um, just kind of trying to bring my work ethic every day. Um, and hopefully that'll that'll rub off on some, on some guys. And, um, just if anybody has any questions, just kind of being there for them and, and passing on the, the little bit of wisdom I have, but passing it down and hopefully helping those guys, um, make great careers for themselves.
1: So like I I said earlier, you this is your third full season in the league now. All of those uh, seasons, all those games have been with the Alberni Valley Bulldogs. You have over 100 BCHL games under your belt now. Uh, still another year of, of junior eligibility as well. Um, so when you look back and, and kind of take a big picture look at, at your career in the BCHL so far, what have those three years been like for you? And like, what is the the team and the, the program there in Alberni? What does that mean to you?
2: I mean, a lot. Um, you know, to midget. Um I mean I, I didn't really have any other opportunities to go play play junior anywhere else and, and I had I was fortunate enough to be able to A P uh, for playoffs in Alberta. Um and it was just a great experience. Um from the Billet families to the way the teams run, um, the town, uh the fans, coaching staff, all the guys. It was just it was amazing and, and they really made me feel feel like a part of the team even though I wasn't just an affiliate player and then just growing on that and I mean my first year we were we weren't exactly the best team but I think we were a really good close group of guys off the ice and and I had a lot of fun memories and um and then I guess last year we we had a coaching change and I wasn't really sure what to expect and and I think I was kind of on eggshells for the first couple months and and wasn't really didn't really know where my game was at and just had trouble finding that. But then I kind of grew and, and developed a better relationship with Joe and, and Brandon. And um, again, the, my billets and my billets, Nancy and Larry, they have they've been amazing throughout it all. And um, there's so many people behind the scenes who, who make Port Alberni a great place to play junior hockey. And it's unfortunate we don't have fans this year, but um, the fans truly are, uh, one of the best in the BCHL and, and
1: I just, it's a great place to play. A, b- a big part of the reason why the league pushed so hard to get back on the ice was for, uh, the players to get that exposure to NCAA and, and pro scouts as well. Um, so when you, when you got the news that, that the season was going to, uh, resume and you'd be able to get on the ice, what was your reaction and what was the reaction of your teammates?
2: Uh, I think just pure joy is the best way to describe it. Um, there's so many ups and downs There's an emotional roller coaster uh, the past couple of months waiting for deadlines to come and go and watching the press conferences. And I mean, just once we got that news, everybody was just so ecstatic and, and uh, yeah, I guess that's just the best way to describe it. We're, we're very thankful for all the hard work that, that everybody has been putting in for us. And, and
1: uh, it's, it's just great to be back on the ice. And you're someone who's still looking for a scholarship. So obviously that exposure to scouts in the NCAA um, is important to you. Um, How do you approach it when you have a bit of a short amount of time, uh, only 20 games? How do you approach that to make an impression, but also not put too much pressure on yourself?
2: Yeah. I mean, I I guess that's the best way to describe it is not putting too much pressure on yourself. Um, I knew, um, these this year was going to be important for me coming in and, and developing through the summer. And, um, these having the opportunity to play these 20 games is, has been awesome. And, um, just kind of taking it game by game, shift by shift, um, as cliche as it is, um, you can't if I make a mistake. I, I can't let that kind of determine the rest of my season. So just playing, playing every shift as hard as I can because I never know when the, uh, when the next one, uh, or I guess when, when we could get shut down, you know, you never know when it's your last game and, and, uh, yeah, just playing as hard as I can.
1: What would it mean to you to actually get that scholarship secured? I know you do, like I mentioned before, you do still have another year of eligibility left, but, uh, if and when that day came, uh, what would that mean to you?
2: Um, it would be, it would be tremendous. Um, I mean, been been working for that for quite a long time and, And, uh, it would just be an extremely, I guess or extreme honor. Um, and just seeing that hard work pay off and and getting to, to play hockey and get an education would be
1: awesome. just bringing it back to the the pod season now. So Alberni is one of the five pod hosts. Um, you guys are are hosting uh, the Island teams. Um, do you think it gives you guys any advantage to get to play at home and the comfort of your own own arena throughout uh, these 20 games?
2: Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, for example, the Victoria Grizzlies in our pod, they, they, uh, they got to ride the bus and, and I mean, that definitely tires you out. I, I know from experience going down there all the time and, and yeah, we're very fortunate. It's a nice short commute to the rink and, and I always get home cooked meals for my billets. Um, and just, just having that opportunity the uh, the home bounces or even the little things like our dressing room. Like it's, it's just, uh, it really feels like home and, and, uh, it's definitely not sure if it's an advantage, but it's definitely uh, comforting and, and helpful.
1: So the Island is known for having some pretty intense rivalries. And I, I imagined playing against, all of those teams over and over again um, increases that what's, what's it done for these rivalries? I know you guys played a ton in the preseason. You're playing each other again. Now what's, what's that been like dealing with those teams?
2: Uh, we're, we're, I'd say we're definitely sick of each other. Um, <laughs> that's probably the best way to put it. I mean, you, you see the same guys, I guess, well, we are we playing them now? I think uh, eight times each. And, and I mean, it's just, or, six times each, whatever it is. And I mean, you, you get the turnover from the year before and just remembering that, that battle maybe you had last year in the playoffs or maybe even during the regular season. And, and it's definitely, uh, definitely. Yeah. Sick of each other, but at the same time, you have to respect your opponent and and they're trying to play hard too. And, and having those friendly conversations, you build relationships too with, with guys and, and seeing trades throughout the, uh, throughout the league. And, um, but there's definitely rivalries and, and I mean, I'd love to play other teams, but at the same time, I'm, I'm just thankful to be playing games.
1: So you're five games into the pod now, um, two, two, oh, and one record, I believe. Um, how would you assess your team's play so far?
0: Um,
2: I think we can definitely be better. Um, it's, we, we have a very young group and, and a lot of new faces to junior hockey. Um, and just, I think we're still trying to find ourselves. Um, whether it's gripping the sticks too tight, or or just still still jelling. Um, I think we we had a good week of practice last week, and and I mean we're starting to come together, and and we get along really well in the room. And I think that that only benefits us. And and just going into games here, we feel confident, and we feel that we're taking the next step, and and it's starting to come together. And I I think we can do some damage in our in our pod.
1: Yeah. With all those new faces and those, those new players to junior hockey um, with all the turnover that, that every team has from year to year, it gives people new opportunities. Um, so of those new players, maybe someone that flies under the radar a little bit, have you been impressed with anyone in particular um, of the new guys that have joined the group? Maybe one of the younger guys?
2: Um, I mean, there's, there's so many to choose from. Um, I think just a lot of the younger guys who are with us in those exhibition games, uh, because we lost so many older guys, they've had to take huge, huge steps. And, um, I mean, there's, there's plenty of them, plenty to choose from. Um, I don't know if I could pick just one, but, um, yeah, I mean, both my line mates obviously have been, been incredible. And yeah, I mean, our our whole roster is pretty much brand new. So I would have to say everyone, I don't know if I could, I could just single out one guy.
1: So with the way the, the pod season is set up and the way it's um, been agreed upon with the provincial health office, there currently isn't a plan for playoffs. I mean, if, if we did get approval for that, that's something that the league would definitely uh, um, explore. But with, with nothing set in stone at the moment, how do you approach these games and, and maintain that competitive edge uh, without um, knowing that there's, there's going to be a playoff at the end?
2: Yeah, I think it's just um, you never know when your last game is going to be. And I think just, I mean, we we learned that the hard way with the exhibition season. And and you never know when it could get taken. The opportunity to play games could get taken away from from you. And so I think just, I mean, I've always been taking pride in playing hard every shift. and, And I think that's just the way you have to look at it is, although there might not be playoffs, you still still want to play hard for your team for your teammates for for your city or or the town you're playing in and um even just i mean coming first in the in the pod would would still be a huge accomplishment and and i think you just have to take pride in that and uh and yeah work every shift because you never know when your last
1: one might be Last question for you. Um, after, after getting off to such a, a hot start, like we mentioned earlier in the interview, um, how do you plan on, on keeping that up and carrying it through the rest of the year?
2: Uh, I'm not too sure. I guess, um, I mean, I don't want to say that that game on Sunday was unrealistic production, but I don't think you can expect to have uh, four goals every game. So just going in with the with an open mind and, and just playing hard every shift and not really worrying about, um, what that outcome might be. I mean, you just, you just take it day by day, shift by shift, practice by practice, as cliche as it is. Um, it really is true. And I'm trying not to worry about that stuff and, and just play hard for my teammates and, and do the best job I can to help us win games.
1: Well, thank you so much for for joining us. Um, Best of luck to the the rest of the year, and congrats on your success so far.
2: Yeah, thank you very much.
1: Thank you very much to Stephen Castagna for joining us. Moving on, our next interview is with Coquitlam Express forward Ryan Tattle. You may have seen this already, but Tattle scored the Michigan lacrosse-style goal in a game last weekend against the Surrey Eagles. It was all over social media. It made the news. Jimmy get down to the corner for Tattle, trying to spin off a check. In behind the eagle, goal. Lacrosse move! He scores! Are you kidding me? Ryan Tattle pulls off the Michigan, and the game is tied! Well, that's one way to get noticed right there. In case you didn't see it, we'll post a link to it in the show notes. Tattle is in his second year with the Coquitlam Express and has really took on his increased role, and currently leads the team in scoring and is fifth in the league with twelve points in seven games. Earlier this week, Tattle was the subject of our latest BC-born feature series, where we talk about his path through minor hockey and playing uh, U18 for the Northeast Chiefs. There was so much good stuff in that interview and we couldn't fit it all in the written piece. So we decided to use the audio for the podcast. So you'll hear that full interview with Ryan Tattle right now, before we, we get started on your, your path to the BCHL is that goal you scored yesterday. Um, you scored the, the Michigan goal. Um, how did that play come together for you?
3: Um, well, like, to be honest, I kind of like learned how to pick up that puck, you know, kind of just- over the summer and stuff, you know, you see all the videos of it on YouTube and Instagram and stuff like that. And then, um, this year, you know, all we're doing was practicing pretty much. So I was just trying it all the time in practice. And I think, you know, my goalies would have told you like, they were getting pissed off with me because every time I'd get behind the net, they knew I was going to try it. But (laughs) yeah. um, in the game, I mean, Oakley made a good play to win the battle and then soupy threw it down the wall to me. And I just kind of noticed I had a little bit of space and you know luckily it went in but yeah it it's pretty cool
1: what was the reaction you got from your teammates and, and maybe some friends as well i'm sure your phone was probably blowing up after the game yesterday
3: yeah i was uh it was it was pretty crazy i mean a lot of my buddies were kind of like you know in shock i think i was too i mean you know it's one thing you know try it and stuff and whatever but it's it's pretty it's pretty surreal that it kind of went in i mean unfortunately we couldn't, can win, uh, you know. I think there would have been the chair on top, but no, it was cool. Um, definitely, that something I'll remember for a long time.
1: All right, so I want to get into your 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 minor hockey days and stuff like that. So I know you grew up in Port Moody. You played minor hockey there. Uh, what are your your memories from those earlier days growing up there and, and playing in that minor hockey system?
3: Yeah, I mean, P- Port Moody was awesome. Um, you know, I think. Uh, like I live five minutes from the rink so you know it was super easy um you know I remember we used to practice like 5 a.m some days before school and you know it it was a, it was definitely fun I think it was different you know it's a very you know not very small but it's, it's a small enough community where you know you kind of go to school with all your teammates and then you know you practice with them every day you know before school whatever after school and then you know, all these guys, you know, you meet from, from Port Moody hockey, you, you know, you grow up and these guys become, you know, your lifelong friends. You know, I've, I've made so many friends and so many relationships that'll last me, you know, the rest of my life, you know, just from playing hockey and growing up here. And, uh, you know, I, I think I'm extremely fortunate, you know, to have, I've had this opportunity and, uh, yeah, I think Port Moody's also done a really good job. I mean, obviously we've developed some, some pretty good players. I mean, you see, you know, Kent Johnson, Ethan Lay. Uh, even Dylan Hewlett, Ryan Sezukovich, I mean, we got a lot of guys, you know, circulating through the BCHL. And I think, you know, coming from from Port Moody, you know, it makes makes me pretty proud, you know, to be be from here and you know, see, you know, not only, you know, guys having success at, you know, college level, but guys, you know, just having success at junior A level. So it's
1: uh it's pretty cool. Are there any coaches in particular from your Port Moody days that helped you kind of develop into the the person and the player you are? Any of those coaches stand out to you?
3: um yeah you know i had a lot of great coaches growing up um i think you know i remember my first coach probably when i was 10 or 11 phil blake he was he was unreal um i had this man cam patterson he was awesome you know i had him a few years through Wees and bantam and then um also had a uh, jim camazola and then ended up winning winning provincials with uh, angelo Scigliano. Um so you know i I was fortunate to have a lot of great coaches, and you know each coach brings you know a different element um and you know, they all kind of teach you different things, but yeah, I mean I was super fortunate, like I said, you know, all those guys kind of you know paved paved the path and you know kind of taught me you know what it takes to be you know, not only a good player but a good person, and I think that's what makes those guys stand out to me is that they preached you know moral values um just as much as they preached you know hockey skills, so I think. You know, being a good person was, was first and foremost, and being a good hockey player was second.
1: Um, so you uh, you were playing midget for Port Moody at 16, um, and then you uh, got to join the, the Northeast Chiefs major midget team as an affiliate. I know you ended up joining them uh, full time afterwards, but during that experience when you were called up to play for them, what was that like for you? And how did it um, maybe prepare you to make that jump for good? <laughs>
3: Well, yeah, I think it was definitely, you know, a little bit unorthodox of the path. I mean, I tried out for that team, you know, through the summer and then, you know, going into their main camp and, you know, unfortunately I, I didn't make it. Um, and, you know, I think, know that was kind of a big, you know, I wouldn't say like a turning point for me, but it was definitely a big, you know, motivator for me. I think, you know, I remember calling my dad and him telling me like, I can either just kind of roll over or I can, you know put my head down and start working now so i kind of chose the ladder and you know ended up getting a couple games as an affiliate there and then um kind of worked my way and ended up you know making that team the next summer and yeah i kind of just went from there
1: yeah when you you mentioned you joined them the next year and you were you were pretty successful as soon as you got there you're obviously one of their their better players why do you think you were able to transition so well uh so quickly
3: Oh, we had an unbelievable team. Um, you know, I was playing with Dante Ballerin and Quentin Hill, and you know, those guys were awesome. You know, they made they made it so easy for me. And then uh, Jeff Uricar, Greg Harding, you know, they gave me every opportunity, you know, to succeed. Um, you know, they, they were really, really good to me. You know, they, they to be honest with you, they taught me so much. Um, you know, that was my first kind of real year. I mean, playing in Port Moody, you know, you, you practice like three times a week and play maybe two. You know, those guys were practicing, you know, every day and we had video and workouts and, you know, it was all, it was all pretty new to me. I hadn't, you know, had that experience yet. And, you know, they kind of, you know, I'm really grateful, you know, for them because they really, really taught me a lot. And yeah, it's just, my, my job was pretty easy. You know, we, we had a phenomenal team, like I said. Um, the points just kind of came with, you know, the players I was playing with.
1: So you played that one year, f- their full-time major midget, and then you made the jump to the BCHL last year and you were part of that express team that was obviously um, a, a great team. You guys were the best team in the regular season, unfortunately, with the COVID shutdown everything. You guys didn't get to finish what you started. But um, coming in as a rookie and, and your first junior A experience, what was it like being part of such a, um, a high-quality team like that?
3: Oh, it was unbelievable. I mean, we had... You know, I think, you know, first of all, Forch and uh, Sam, you know, they did a really good job running that program. I mean, we, you know, we were all held extremely accountable and, you know, everyone knew the goal. Everyone wanted to win. And then, you know, we had so many professionals on that team, you know, guys that, you know, I take so much away from. I mean, a guy like Adam Traver and Josh Worldauer, I mean, those guys, you know, taught me so much about leadership. Um, and, you know, I, I really, I'm really grateful for that opportunity as well, just because, you know, like I said, I, I'm a young kid. I was, I was learning a lot and, you know, I, I got to see firsthand, you know, what it takes to win and, you know, how how hard these guys actually work. I mean, you know, I, I came into junior thinking I was a hard worker and, you know, I remember my first week in main camp and these guys are just working so hard. You know, it really, really challenged me. And, you know, I'm sh- like, yeah, that team, like you said, was unbelievable, but I'm super grateful for that. You yeah. know, those guys, I think everyone on that team was just, super I don't even know how to explain but once in a lifetime team I think
1: so you got injured last year um I believe you missed a a pretty significant chunk of the season but beyond that how would you uh, how would you assess your rookie season and how you kind of adapted to the league right away
3: um I thought I thought I did all um I definitely think you know it's it's a difficult uh, transition I mean like I said the work ethic is just it's it's this total step up from midget. Um but yeah, I thought I did all right. Again, you know, we had we had such a good team that it, it made my job easy. I mean, you know, from from the guys I was playing with, you know, I played with the Cooper Connell, who's an unbelievable player. Um, I played with Adam Trotman, like I said, he's really good. Um and again, Josh Woldauer, those guys, you know, they work so hard, so skilled with the pocket. It was kind of, you know, made it easy for me and it, it helped with that transition and then all those guys were also you know veterans and they'd seen you know they've been in the year a few been in the league a few years sorry and you know it kind of they were really honest with me and you know they're showing me things that work and things that don't work and you know kind of how to go about business and you know those are kind of things that I, I try to you know emulate today and you know also kind of share with the rookies this year, you know, kind of the things that I was taught when I was, you know, coming to the league because I really valued all those, uh, you know, opinions and voices.
1: So this year you're, you're off to a great start. Um, you got eight points through the team's first five games. Six of those are goals. Um, you're obviously coming in this year with, with all the turnover you're looked to, to be one of the, the go-to guys, especially offensively. And um, you're, you're following through with it for the team. So um, is it just a matter of opportunity confidence? Like, why do you think you're able to be so productive uh, when the team's leaning on you this year?
3: Um, well, I think, you know, it's, it's not, it's not me uh, per se. I think, you know, I'm, I'm getting opportunities, which, you know, I'm grateful for, but uh, I think, you know, again, you know, like a lot of my goals, is just great passing plays. You know, I'm playing with any person and Ryan Williams right now and these guys are doing a phenomenal job, you know, just such hard workers, such good players with the puck as well. And, you know, it's kind of, like I said, you know, these guys help, help me. They make it easy for me. So, um, I'm I'm just lucky to you know be playing hockey every day and getting opportunities and then you know when the goals go in it's just a bonus for me.
1: So kind of looking at your your career so far, um, taking a step back and looking at the big picture, you probably. Going from midget, um, midget A at 16 to full-time BCHL player two years later, you'd probably be considered a late bloomer. Um, what, what advice would you give to other young players who may be in a similar situation where maybe they've been cut from a team or they, they know that they have the potential, but it's taking a bit longer to, for others to realize it or, or for you to fully realize that potential? What kind of advice would you give to someone in a similar situation to what you found yourself in when you were 16?
3: Um, I think I think it's all about work ethic. I mean, you know, for me, uh, like I said, you know, not making that major team, I kind of just made, it, made a decision. I was like, I'm just going to, you know, give it my all. You know, looking back, uh, you know, in 15, 20 years, you know, I want to be able to look at my hockey career and be like, I did all I could to be the best player I could. And uh, that's kind of something my dad instilled in me, you know, from, you know, however long. Uh, I've been playing hockey. He just said, you know, you always put your best foot forward. You always work as hard as you can. And, you know, maybe you, you only make it to junior and that's it. Or maybe, you know, you make it, you know, however far, right. But you got to look back when you're 40, 50 and think, you know, I did all I could um, when I was 10, 12, 15, whatever it may be. So, you know, that's just kind of what I would say, you know, just give it all you can because you really never know. I mean, I, I got lucky. I was able to get, you know, one junior coach to like me and you know now here I am you know in the BCHL so it's uh it's all about hard work and you know making the most of those opportunities when they present themselves
1: i spoke with Jacob Lazar, who obviously, you know, and was part of the express last year and in preparation for the interview. And he mentioned that um, he he knows that education is really important to you. Um, You you talked about uh, considering going straight to university. If, if things didn't work out last year uh, with the express, why, why is education so important to you? And and I'm guessing your family as well. Like how, how, how did that get instilled in you? Um,
3: I just think, you know, My mom and my dad, you know, they were always, you know, big believers in, you know, getting an education and, you know, they've, they've been great supporters for me. I mean, I think, um, like I've got two older sisters and, you know, they just went straight to university, you know, my cousin straight to university. So it's kind of, you know, it's not really, uh, in the family to kind of take a year or I guess two now off, but, um, yeah, I just think, you know, from a young age, my parents always instilled, you know, how important an education is. I mean, hockey lasts however long you can play for. Right. But your brain, you got that forever. So um, I I just try to, you know, stay on the ball, try to, you know, get an education here, hopefully, you know, play some division one hockey in the future. But yeah, I think an education is uh, extremely important just because, you know, like I said, the brain, yeah, you got that forever, but you only got hockey
1: for so long. Yeah. You mentioned division one hockey and that's where I was going to go with my next question. Obviously that's the, the goal for most BCHL players is to get that div one scholarship, um, with, with your play this year and kind of your trajectory it kind of, it seems like you're, you're on that path. So, um, w- when it comes time to making that decision, um, what would you be looking for in a school? Like what kind of fit are you looking for, um, to move on to that next level? Um,
3: yeah, to be honest, you know, I think, you know, you just got to find, you know, someone that wants you, um, you know, you can want to go somewhere, you know, as bad as you want, but you know, if that school doesn't really want you, it's kind of, you know, it might not be the right fit. So I think just, you know, waiting for, you know, a program, a coach that, that believes in me, not only as a player, but as a person and, uh, you know, then just kind of going from there, um, obviously it's a big decision and it's a, it's a kind of, uh, It's more complicated process than I just explained, but um, hopefully, you know, I can get there one day and when the opportunity presents itself, I think it's more of a, a family decision, kind of making sure that's the right fit, like I said, and then yeah, just going from there
1: last question for you um, obviously you're from Port Moody Coquitlam a neighboring city the the rink's probably like 10 minutes away from where you live uh, what, what's it meant to you to, to get to play so close to home and I know this year is different you haven't been able to have fans in the building or even really play much in your home arena but uh, especially last year playing so close to home having the year you guys did and being so close to friends and family what's that meant to you? It's been, it's been
3: unbelievable I mean it's been honestly a dream come true um, you know, you kind of, you know, you play, uh, sorry, you play mid with a bunch of your buddies and, you know, you see them moving to, you know, all over the country, Ontario, Saskatchewan, Alberta, wherever it is. And, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to, you know, be able to have my mom and dad in the crowd. I mean, at least last year. And yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's been awesome for me. Um, I think, you know, you got to take a moment to realize, you know, just how, how, you know, how special it is. You know, um, not many people get to play in their hometown
1: and. You know it, it's it's pretty cool. it's it's definitely 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 a pretty lucky I am. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time, uh, Ryan. so thanks a lot for for talking to me today.
3: Yeah, no problem. Thank you.
1: Thanks to Ryan Tattle for joining us. Now it's time for our final interview. We caught up with UMass freshman defenseman and Albany Valley Bulldogs alumnus, Aaron Bollinger. Bollinger is coming off the game of his life last weekend where he scored his first career college goal in the national championship game in a 5-0 win for UMass over St. Cloud State University. Bollinger had a standout season his first year in the NCAA, but really culminated in that final game. Needless to say, it's been quite a hectic week for Bollinger and his teammates since the win, but he was kind enough to make some time for us to chat about his freshman year, the championship game, and his time in the BCHL. Uh, so first thing I, I guess I'll ask you is, uh, how are you How are you doing after the last weekend's win? Um, you guys obviously a huge game uh, in the national championship. What's it been like for you and your teammates since the win?
0: Uh, it's been a bit of a whirlwind. Obviously, we're all really excited. It's just been, it's been nonstop, just hectic and honestly a bit surreal. It's, I, it's hard to put into words the feelings you get. It, some of it still hasn't even sunk in really. It's just, like I said, it's been such a whirlwind, whirlwind and it's just, it's an unbelievable
1: feeling. So you ended up scoring your first ever college goal in that game, uh, to open the scoring on what was pretty much a two on O. Uh, it's pretty rare for a defenseman to, to get in on a two on O. How did that play come together?
0: I, uh, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> it's just, we're, we play, we're just playing in the D zone. And then i got thrown out, squirted out into the middle and my D partner made a great one touch pass to me. And then, um, Ryan Sullivan, the, the guy who gave me the the pass back on the two-on-zero, made a great play as well. My job couldn't have been any easier. I I was just in the right place at the right time.
1: Yeah, so that that goal led to another one in the first period. You guys were up two nothing, and then pretty much just rolled from there. Ended up winning the game five nothing. Uh, from your perspective, maybe just describe how that game went from for you and your teammates, and why you were able to to pretty much dominate from start to finish.
0: Um, I think we actually came out a little slow at first <clears throat> definitely not as slow as we came out against Duluth, but a little slow and then <clears throat> we just we kind of bent didn't really break for the first five ten minutes and then after that we just continued to roll I think we found our game we were a hard team you know we got hard skill a lot of it and everybody just came together I think our culture and just we, we prepared and the way we mentally approach every single game, every practice, every day, it just prepared us for that moment. And there was never really a doubt. I think we all had full belief and full confidence in ourselves, and uh, it, it
1: showed. And because it, was, it ended up being a shutout 5 nothing, your your goal that opened the scoring ended up being the, the game winner. Uh, so your first ever goal in college was the game winner in a national championship game. Not a lot of people can say that. Uh, once everything settled in and, and you kind of realized what a big goal it was, what was that feeling like?
0: Like I said, it was it was surreal. It was almost like <clears throat> blacked out for a second, and, and just you know, pure joy, pure elation. And I think it was it wasn't even as important that you know I scored as much as it was just you know we were on the board first, and like we have the lead in, in the national championship game. I think if you could, if they had video of the bench with every goal we scored, I don't. It didn't matter if you were on the bench, if you were coaching, if you were up in the stands. Everybody was was reacting the same way. We were just. <laughs> Every time you score, every time we we found a little bit of, we crawled a little bit closer to that, to the end. We were all just just so happy. I mean, our fifth goal. I think we were just we were probably happier than we were for the first. So it, I and just a game like that. It, like I said, I, it's hard to describe put into words, but it was it was an unbelievable feeling.
1: I just want to go back to the to the semifinal as well. Your team was without a few of its top players. Your your starting goalie, Philip Lindbergh, a couple of your top scorers, uh, due to COVID protocols. Uh, what was that like going into such a big game and f- finding out just a couple of days before that you would be without um, some of your key players? Like obviously that put you guys in a bit of a tough position.
0: Um, yeah it it sucked. For everybody, especially them, we didn't want them to, to play their last college game. We we felt we had to win against Duluth to to really to do it. We had to do it for them. We had to give them one more game. We had to make it <clears throat> make it fair and give them that opportunity. It it wouldn't have been fair if they didn't get the chance to play. They've been such all of them have been such key parts in, in our our season, and the fact that we won it in the fashion we did, <clears throat> and that they got the chance to play was 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 pretty amazing, but like I said, still we never had a doubt we knew we faced adversity this year and it's gonna happen every year, but you know those who are successful find a way to to battle through it, and I think we didn't worry about it. we just continued to prepare and and we were ready to
1: go even at a slight disadvantage. So that that semifinal against Duluth, I know you weren't on the team back then, but it was a rematch of the 2019 national championship game, which uh, Duluth ended up winning that game. So um, I'm guessing it was uh, a little bit extra special uh, and extra sweet for those guys that were a part of that 2019 team.
0: Yeah, I mean, I wasn't like you said, I wasn't on the team, but just from talking with a lot of the guys and the coaches made it pretty clear, too, that was that was a huge game. Um, just to, to kind of be able to get, get back at them for the heartbreaker a couple of years ago was was something pretty special for everybody, especially our, our older guys. That We knew it meant a little bit extra to them than it did to us. So it's pretty cool to do it
1: for them. So you're a freshman this year and obviously with, with COVID and and everything going on, it was a very strange and unique season. Uh, What was your, when you kind of take a step back and and look at it, what was the freshman year experience like for you starting in the middle of a pandemic with delayed and canceled games taking place, but then eventually getting to cap it off with the the national championship? I mean, yeah, it
0: was a little bizarre, especially at first from, you know, nobody in the stands and, very few people on campus actually. And then, you know, zooming classes, like whatnot, it was all really weird. We, everybody had to make a lot of sacrifices, but, um, to end it the way we did, it was, it was beyond worth it.
1: So even beyond your goal, uh, last Saturday, you had a really strong first season in college hockey. Uh, why do you think you were able to come in and and be able to contribute right away the way you were and, and be an everyday player?
0: Um, I think it's, like I said, it goes back to just our culture and the way all the older guys kind of showed us the ropes early on and the coaches just, we were involved right from the get go. They let us know what was expected of us and everybody's held to the same standard. doesn't matter if you're a superstar senior or you're, you know, a new freshman, it, it didn't matter who you were. Everybody was treated the same and held to the same standard. And that just helped us acclimatize that much faster. Um, and I know all of us freshmen are super grateful for it, especially with, you know, the, the COVID circumstances. It, it could have been a lot harder than it was. And instead it was, it was pretty seamless.
1: I just want to quickly go back to your, your time in the BCHL. So you, you played the one season in the league for Alberni Valley. Uh, what are your memories of that one year in, in the BCHL?
0: Um, It's one of my favorite years of hockey. Um, still, I had a great time up there just, <clears throat> The organization, the, the town, the fans are, are really supportive of us. And I had a great, great build situation. Everything was was awesome. And um, it was kind of a crazy fluke thing. Me playing there wasn't supposed to happen. And I was fortunate enough that it did. And, you know, just kind of everything happens for a reason. It all kind of fell into place. And I had a really good year up there. And I enjoyed every single moment of it.
1: What's the story? Sorry about that. What, what's the story behind that? What 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 was the fluke reason you ended up being there?
0: Um, well, I wasn't, like, I know the, it's called committed up there, but I wasn't, like, signed or, like, tendered or anything like that. And um, I was actually supposed to go play in the, the North American League. And I just thought the BC would be a better fit. And my 18-year coach knew someone who, like, somehow knew Matt Hughes, Coach Hughes, and... Uh, got me a tryout but that was really all it was like I wasn't expecting anything but you know give it a shot and then next thing you know I was able to make the team and like I said had one of my best years of hockey to date so it's (laughs) I'm extremely fortunate extremely grateful for the opportunity
1: and then the next year, uh, in the fall, you ended up announcing your commitment to UMass. Uh, obviously, it turns out you made the right decision there, especially after last week and, and the year you have. But uh, when it came down to making that decision, why did you ultimately decide on Massachusetts?
0: Um, it was it was a lot with the coaches. They were just the things they stressed, the, the way that they they talked about. Uh, the program and the school and everything like they just they pulled you in and and you believe them you know sometimes with recruiting people can they try to sell things but they were they were extremely genuine the whole time and then I came on my visit and I just knew this was the place for me um the campus everything like even if I wasn't to play hockey if I got hurt tomorrow and I could never play hockey again I could still be happy as a student here so I think that was the really the clincher was if I didn't have hockey, where would I want to be?
1: And this was it. So. And the, the program's been on the rise the last few years, uh, culminating in, in the win last weekend, but um, made the national championship in 2019, won it, won it this year. So what's it like being uh, in your first year uh, at a program like that, which is clearly going in the right direction. And like, how, how excited are you for the future of the program at UMass?
0: Oh, I couldn't be more excited. Um, everything we do here from the coaches and the administration down, is just everybody falls in line and, and we all believe in the same cause. We have a, the same, share the same purpose. And I think it. we're all looking for This is just the beginning for us and, and we got a lot more to prove, but we, uh, we're very excited about the process and, the, and everything that comes along with it.
1: All right, Aaron. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast and uh, huge, huge congratulations on your season and the win last week.
0: Thanks very much. Appreciate it.
1: Huge thank you to Aaron Bollinger for joining us, especially after such a crazy week for him and his teammates. Well, that'll wrap things up again for another edition of the BCHL podcast. A huge thank you to all my guests, Aaron Bollinger, Ryan Tattle, and Stephen Castagna. Another thank you to Fortis BC for their continued support of the BCHL. And as usual, thank you to our producer, Greg Ballack, for putting this thing together. Before I let you go, we have a couple new features up at bchl.ca this week. A BC born feature on Ryan Tattle, which I mentioned earlier. And we also have our latest NHL Bloodlines feature, uh, which includes interviews with Tristan and Tony Amante. We cover a lot of ground uh, in that story, including the 1996 World Cup, the similar career paths that Tristan and Ty Amante have taken compared to their father, and why they ended up choosing to play in the BCHL. So please do check that out. All right, that'll do it. Thanks everybody for listening and we will talk to you next week.